Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life, life, tips. life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Life Tips Show. I'm Byron White. I'm here with Neville. Neville, welcome. Howdy. <laughs> you are the author of Sun Power. You're you're certainly an authority in more than just the sun. So just tell us a little bit about why why you think the sun is is the the better choice for alternative energy platforms. Let's start with that. Well, yeah, that's a well, that's a big, uh, great, big you know question. Um, obviously, the sun is sitting up there. And, uh, 93 million miles away, a giant fusion react fusion reactor providing enough power to you know put a few acres in the world. If we could capture it all, uh, a few acres of land to power the whole world. I mean, we've known this for years. Science knows this. But I first became acquainted with this when I was doing some work at the U.S. Department of Energy for President Carter. Uh, doing promoting solar, but solar photovoltaics at that time wasn't you know that well. Um, perfected, but it was a sexy technology. The idea of converting sunlight to electricity was amazing. So that that piqued my interest, so to speak. And it's, ever since, it's it's turned out that is a it's the cleanest form of energy. There's no moving parts. It's and it's now I think the most remarkable story. It's the cheapest form of energy available, and that's a very big statement to make. But uh, you know, I can I can back that up over time here. <laughs> How far have we come in the last five to ten years with our with our ability to harvest the sun's power? Well, that's what's so remarkable because I've been at this home nearly thirty years. You know, originally it was seventy, eighty dollars a watt. Um, it was interesting technology. It was it was powering the space satellites, and then it came down to earth, got down to ten dollars a watt, and that was still too expensive for most terrestrially terrestrial uses and then it uh, started to get to five dollars a lot it's it just more and more manufacturing the department of energy put more money into research companies got into it there were lots of markets for off-grid remote applications of power enough to create a market that would bring the price down and manufacturers stepped in over the years and uh, what's happened really, well, uh, you know, we, we at $5 a watt, I set up a nonprofit organization to help bring solar to the developing world to off-grid people who basically wanted to charge their batteries or charge batteries and have electricity at night. These were people far away from the grid, and the grid was never going to reach them. So um, that was that worked, and uh, today we're at a, at, a, at a price of when it came down to 350 watt. I formed a company in the United States called Standard Solar, which meant solar was affordable for Americans who wanted to just be, have green power. It wasn't that economic, you know. It takes some years to pay it back, but it, and they wanted they wanted it in Washington D.C. area. Uh, people with, with uh, you know, upper and middle and upper income people who wanted to put solar on their houses. So that became a big business. Today, solar is down to 60 cents a watt from yeah. 350 a watt. And, that, and what's happened, this was because of China ramping up production. What, in your opinion, is the obstacle for success and growth and, and really adoption, I think would be a, a good word? Well, you know, there, we've always thought uh, the first obstacles people thought about was 
economics, it's too expensive. And that's a myth that's been around a long, long time, because it was too expensive until recently, until at least the last five years. When the, In the last five years, the cost of solar photovoltaics has dropped 75%. It takes a while for those facts to sink in. Uh, for people to understand that, but it's happening anyway. So e- economics is moving it forward more than the desire for green power and offsetting global warming and reducing fossil fuels. It's about money. Um, but what's happening, I think the obstacle is education, information, and knowledge. And now we have elected uh, Congress, which is going to kill solar every way they can, thanks to Mitch McConnell, who calls anything in favor of solar war on coal. The Koch brothers helped elect this. They own him. Lock, stock, and barrel, 100%. He's owned and operated by the Koch brothers in the fossil fuel interests of Kentucky. And, uh, you know, that's an obstacle. That, that doesn't help. We're going to be with this guy, have this guy around for six years. I mean, he's living in the Middle Ages. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So that's an obstacle. And the other obstacle is the uh, utilities are pushing back because they see that they're Everybody going out and making power on their house or on the rooftops of, you know, Walgreens or Costco or, and independently financed power is cutting into their, what they call their, their rights as a regulated um, monopoly utility to, uh, uh-huh. to sell power. And, and they're, some are joining the solar revolution and some are pushing back. So those are some of the obstacles. And the other obstacle, of course, you probably will ask about this. The jump ahead, but it's energy storage and batteries. You know, uh-huh. because the sun is cheap as it is, it's only cheap when it's when it's shining. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I want to I want to talk about that, but I want to I want to also ask you about another opportunity, and that is actually harvesting the sun's energy, say on the roof of your home, and selling that energy back to the grid. Well, that's pretty commonplace now. Forty-three states have what's called net metering laws, which requires the utility. This, this, these laws got put into place in, under the Carter administration, and slowly over time were adopted by 43 states, which uh, allows customers, some commercial and mostly residential, to sell their power back to the grid. Um, it, in the daytime and at night, they pull their power from the grid, and it's usually a break-even proposition, or maybe. Depends on how much power you use, right? Um, and if you, in some states, if you produce more than you use, the power company will send you a check. It's different in every state. Every um, regulation is different, but it, this is basically what it's about. Um, and then, and this works for big companies as well. And then, uh, so, so that's a two-way street. That that started two-way street of power. You know, you feed it in, you take it back. So the grid serves a purpose. The grid is like a giant battery when you think about it for people, for many people, for about 450,000 solar power users in America. Interesting. Um, Tell me why you don't think colleges and universities are leading the charge here. They have the capital with long-term investment goals. They, you know, cutting expense would seem to make sense. They also have the land. Why aren't we seeing more universities uh, get into this? I think it's just a kind of a conservative ethos. It's academia is pretty conservative anyway. But, you know, you're seeing a lot more of it than you think. I'm right here in South Florida. Florida Gulf Coast University has adopted a big solar program. They have two megawatts on their property. Mm-hmm. Um, all of their solar hot, all of their water on this campus is solar hot water. They have other solar electric systems on many of their buildings, and they've started a you know, they're building with a big state grant a uh, alternative energy institute, or we call it um, Emergent Technology Institute, and their solar photovoltaics is going to be their main thrust. I've met with these guys, and pretty impressive what they're doing. A lot of universities are doing that. Um, our company in Maryland, and we put huge systems on Catholic University, American University, 
Uh, there's a big one in Georgetown University. So you're seeing more of it than you hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there could be more, of course. Mm-hmm. Did, tell us, uh, did you catch that wave, no no pun intended, of, uh, of, of, of a vision to turn roads into solar panels um, that would solve all of the world problems. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, my answer to this stuff is every about every two months, somebody comes up with a great idea that will never happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that will never happen, but 90% of these things you read about, journalists love to write about the sexy new thing in solar as opposed to writing what's actually happening, which happening is a huge story internationally, but that's boring. So it's just a story of cheaper energy expanding, exploding exponentially. But people love to hear about possible new technologies and breakthroughs, and most of these breakthroughs never break through. (laughs) They never come to market. They take 20 years to 30 years. So they're basically diverting people's attention from getting with the program now, which is, hey, let's, let's focus on clean energy because it's here. All the technology we'll ever need to save the planet and use clean energy, get off fossil fuels, you know, as quickly as we can. We have now. We have the technology. We don't need breakthroughs. You know, it's, we're not going to see solar roads in you know, my lifetime. Hmm. What about small products like cell phones and, and powering up our products? I mean, I know they have those products out right now, but why are we seeing that more as a mainstream? Well, that actually that isn't really products. very important. Um, what is important is that the the web, the Internet, uses unbelievable amounts of power. It's estimated that the World Wide Web uses more power than the country of Australia. And uh, so what's happening, Google is building enormous, all of Google's headquarters, all of their buildings, all of their server farms are covered in solar. And partly because they did it because they wanted to do it, to be green, and they didn't want to say, oh, my God, here we have this wonderful new Internet technology, but we're going to pollute the planet to, do, to use it. They said, well, at least we won't have to you know, use dirty fuel to power these things, but we need a lot of power. Apple's building big server farms in North Carolina, and we're just seeing more and more of that. So that's where we're seeing new technologies being powered by solar. But in just terms of just little devices, that doesn't mean a lot. They've been around a long time. You can go to a catalog or go online. You can buy any kind of solar device you want. They're out there. But that doesn't have much of an impact. It does in the third world, of course, where they do power their cell phones from solar because, in you know, half the people have no electricity. So, And they have, strangely enough, they have no electricity, but they have cell phones. And they have little black and white televisions they'd like to turn on, and that requires battery power. So charging those batteries is a pain in the neck. So what do they do is they put a solar system in. Bangladesh now has 3 million solar home systems installed. And my my company in India has done about 150,000. And, uh, you know, that revolutionizes people's lives. And they don't do it for green energy or clean energy or for any environmental reason. They do it because they'd rather have electric light than no electric light. Could you define what it means to be fully integrated with solar power? I'm not sure. Well, you know, from, from a from a home perspective, you know, for just you know, when when will most homes in America, for example, be fully integrated with solar power, and what exactly does that mean? Well, I think when people uh, we're, we're in the middle of a revolution and there's pushback and there's you know there's it's it's, it's the central generating companies have been doing power on the grid for 100 years, 120 years, and they don't want to change. 
But when the revolution comes, it's going to be fast. I mean, I was just reading how, how McKinsey 20, 15 years ago said, oh, cell phones are going to be too expensive. Nobody's going to use them. You know, <laughs> that was a bit they were wrong. Solar could come as fast as that. And uh, so the integration will happen in the sense of you want to – not everybody's going to have a battery at home. Well, to answer your question first is, is when we see batteries, then, then we'll have integrated. Because there's nothing to integrate. You'll just make your own power at home. It's called distributed generation. But distributed generation also means making power where you use it. And the more and more businesses and houses, homes that do that, the more distributed you get. You take pressure off the grid, which is an antiquated thing we have in America. And uh, integrating it back and forth means better technologies. And you, this whole net metering business started a long time ago, not well, 19, year 2000, when German and Swiss companies came up with what's called inverters, which converts DC electric direct current that's made by a solar panel into alternating current that can be fed into the grid. And that's now where we are. So that's kind of the integration right there. And, and the more that you have microprocessors and so on managing that, the so-called smart grid, then everybody's happy. But we don't need to wait for the smart grid. It's uh, We have what we need now to do this. It's just... You know, if you're, like, like in Florida, our electricity is cheap here. Well, there's no incentive to be to do big solar stuff here. Yeah. Let's take a break and just back uh, back in a few minutes, everyone. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best name. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. 
Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. Neville, so yep. great for you to be on the show today. Thanks much. Thank you. So, what inspires you to keep fighting for sun power? Well, that's a good question. I, I'm probably at the end of that period. I'm not young. I started my businesses, you know. I got into solar middle-aged. I was a journalist initially. I was a correspondent in Vietnam and Vietnam War and uh, wrote books and starved to death like good freelance journalists do. The fastest way to the poorhouse is to become a freelance journalist. So when I saw opportunities in solar, I thought, well, at least, at least this, you know, I thought I could make money at it, but I thought it might be fun to do, and I raised money for nonprofits and paid myself a salary, which I never had as a freelancer. <laughs> it just grew and grew and grew, and I was, you know, it, it was fun because it kept happening around the world. We worked on projects in 11 countries and set up companies, countries, we set up companies around the world. So there's always another challenge, and uh, I think the last challenge for me was to go full circle back to what I really do best, which is to write. I said, well, hey, I was a journalist. I think I've got a story here. I know something about solar around the world, how it developed. I met all the great pioneers and all the people who struggled and people in developing countries, people in Europe, people in, the, in America, and it's a fascinating story. Because, you know, I can't think of anything more boring than to read a book about solar energy. You know? So this book, I guess, is not boring, I'm told, and uh, because it's kind of a personal odyssey. And what keeps me going is, uh, and I don't, I'm not going that much anymore. I, I think this book was my kind of last statement. I said, hey, there's a story here. And uh, I'm just amazed as I follow it how fast things are moving in the in the area of, of green energy. It's just astonishing. Hmm. When you think of cars and boats and trains and motorcycles, transportation, do you think that we're going to be in a phase of self solar powering these our vehicles and our transportation, or is oh. it, or is it going to continue to be more source solar? You know, plugging your car into the grid your electric well, car into the grid. Yeah, I think that's happening. I mean, that's happening a lot. Um, it depends on where you want to park your car in the daytime. You've got to park it. But, you know, a lot of people are putting up, businesses are putting up huge parking lots covered in solar all over the country. You know, they're everywhere. And, you know, if you go to work, you can plug your electric car in. I mean, I think the electric car is the future. I mean, if you've ridden in a Tesla, you've seen the most astonishing technology of the last hundred years there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's many other electric. Everybody's making an electric car now or an electric hybrid. I have, We have two hybrids ourselves, um, and, you know, we get 40, 50 miles to the gallon. That's not bad. But an electric car uses no gas. Uh, I have an electric scooter I've had six years. I've, I've replaced the batteries once. Mm-hmm. It's made in China. Um, but I haven't. I put like two drops of oil in it in six years, and it just toodles around my neighborhood, you know, <laughs> totally awesome. silently. And why aren't there more of those? I don't know. Okay. But uh, the electric car is really coming fast, and you know, people who put solar on their houses uh, will find themselves plugging it in, and, and maybe they'll make a little bigger solar system, so they'll have some excess um, ex- excess power for their car. What's the downside with with solar energy as a source? Well, again, as I said, it's it's intermittent. It's only daytime. So, mm-hmm. but the biggest new money now from 
you know, Warren Buffett and, and Bill Gates and all these big people and lots of companies. Elon Musk is all going into energy storage and batteries. So the, and, uh, the downside is until that's as economic as solar, we have a, a little issue. But there really isn't a downside to solar that I can think of. Um, you know, if there's certain toxic chemicals involved in the manufacture and, and it's pretty well controlled in most places, maybe not in China as much as it should be, but that'll happen because they don't want to pollute themselves either. Uh, you, you know, uh, I wish I could think of a downside. <laughs> you know, it's clean energy. No moving parts. Hmm. Do you continue to look for interesting investment opportunities in, in, in solar? And yes. do you think there are any or is it, is it oh, you know, huge? See, the big you know, big money now is going into um, utility-scale projects, and sometimes some utilities are going into it on their own, and some are not. Um, I'm still dabbling in that myself. Our partner and I have put together a couple of one and two megawatt solar power plants in New Mexico to feed power into some of the rural electric co-ops. That's been fun to do. And what those are financed as so much of the solar in this country is financed. Uh, including the leasing programs for residential, uh, by third-party parties who can take the depreciation and the tax credits and basically own the, the system and realize they're going to get a, you know, power, pay, their power will be bought or paid for over 20 years by the buyer of the power, which is a utility usually, and they get the profit. So the utility doesn't have to spend any money building it. This is not legal in Florida, but it's legal in about 35 states. And uh, so there's a lot of investment opportunities in solar right now. It's huge. And then investment in the manufacturing. But most of the manufacturing is under control of very, very large corporations, and they don't, you know, have a solar division you can invest in directly. Hmm. Is, is the ROI decreasing, and in how, in how radically? Is what? I'm sorry. Uh, the return on investment, uh, uh, let's say for the for your home. Um, oh yes, yes. Is that, these, these are more efficient. And uh, because the price is so low, I mean, you know, if we were selling solar systems at forty, fifty thousand dollars. The same system today is thirty, twenty-five thousand, and after the you know um, federal t tax credit, which is in place for two more years, um, it's fifteen thousand dollars. So your return is quick, quicker. And in many states, uh, you know, we've reached grid parity. This is the big story that I, I wanted to talk about. We've reached grid parity. Which, which, which means the price of solar power is the same price as coal-generated power. In Austin, it's now cheaper to buy solar power or for the utility to purchase wholesale solar power than it is for them to build a nuclear, gas, or coal-fired power plant. And these are real numbers, and these are numbers are now, if you read the literature, Union Bank of Switzerland, Lazard, Bloomberg, Citibank, they're all saying this is, this is real. This is happening. And they're starting to discount investing in coal and nuclear because the return on investment is terrible if it will ever be made. Where solar is, uh, you know, you know what your numbers are out of the gate, how many years it will take to pay off the the, install, uh, the, the, the plant, and then uh, even whether it's on your house or whether it's a giant utility, and then the rest is gravy, free power for 10, 15, 20 years, maybe longer, because nobody really knows how long this stuff's going to last. It's been estimated. Uh, PV panels could last 100 years. Nobody knows yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell us uh, if you have any favorite companies that you recommend that uh, 
uh, you know, for, particularly for for home solar install systems and, and the actual manufacturing of the product. Are there, are, there, are there leaders in the industry? You know, who are the big well, players? Who are the small players? Yeah, the big player, which you probably heard about, is Elon Musk, Solar City. You know, the guy who built the SpaceX rocket and built the Tesla electric car. He started Solar City about the time I started Standard Solar. My company is pretty small by comparative comparison. You know, my com- a lot of these companies are private, privately held. His is public, so Solar City's public. Um, most there's over 2,000 installation companies in America. They're mostly private, so you can't really invest in them unless you want to buy them. Um, the big companies, uh, I think one that I hear is pretty good is you know Total France bought SunPower America and. They show the numbers on SunPower in their annual reports, and I have friends who invest in Total France because of the solar division. But it's still tiny compared to oil. Um, you know, uh, gosh, to name a bunch of companies is hard because uh, they're not. They're, they've been mostly absorbed by the you know Mitsubishi, um, Westinghouse. The, you know, big companies have bought up these solar companies now. And uh, I'm sorry I can't answer that straight. That's a good question that I should probably do a little, not so much research. I just have to sort of check the the records here of which companies I can mention. I'm not a I'm not a stock analyst by any means. And um, SunPower is well, that's French. Um, oh, the first solar, first solar. You see that in the New York Stock Exchange all the time. Uh, some of the Chinese companies, um, Trina, I think, is on the stock exchange. Uh, Canadian Solar, that's a, believe it or not, a Chinese company started by Chinese Canadians. Um, and uh, Yingli, if you saw the uh, World Cup games in Brazil, Yingli Solar was advertising every minute, every day, on the boards, on the uh, on the electric fences. Electric Interesting. Yingli Solar. So. Uh, those are all good. I don't know which ones are listed or not. I think most of the Chinese companies are now listed, and they're all doing pretty well. What about installation companies? Well, what, what should we be looking at, uh, you know, with, with potential problems, with, with obviously probably hiring local installation companies that are, that are equipped to, with resources and, and labor uh, to, to get things done? What, yeah. what do we look out for there? How do, we, how do we decide a good one from a bad one? Well, first of all, I think, I, I'm an, I was an entrepreneur, not all well, my life, but I found that solar entrepreneuring was fun. There's huge opportunities in solar entrepreneuring for young people, whether it's in energy storage or installation. There's 2,500 installation companies in America. Maybe I said 2,000, but more than that. And uh, they're small. It's like when you you know hire an electrician, you don't go to a national company. You look in your phone book, and there's probably 50 electricians in your town, right? And they have some electricians. I've no new electrician. I knew an electrician in Maryland. He had, you know, a fleet of 50 trucks. You know, he wasn't a small company. All trained guys who knew how to wire up houses. Well, the same is happening in the solar business. And those are growth companies. None are failing. They're all growing. Residential solar is exploding. Mid commercial solar is exploding. So, um, Solar City again is one of the big installation companies, and it's public. Um, I would call a smaller company. Uh, but then if they're too small, they don't actually have access to the wholesale pricing from of panels, mostly which are going to be Chinese Chinese today. Or though, oh, another company I didn't mention, I think it's public, um, is uh, Solar World. It's German, but they have a huge plant they're expanding in, uh, in Oregon, near, uh, near Portland. Uh, Solar World, very good product. Uh, so... 
but they don't do installation. The manufacturers don't do installation, and so independent installers have to buy their panels from somewhere. And if you know if you buy them big quantities, you get them cheaper. But the prices come down so much that almost anybody could get into the solar installation business, learn to do it, go to the right trainings, um, and uh, customer service is important. Just so you do a good job, you're drilling a hole in somebody's roof, and you're wiring up their they're interconnecting them to the grid, right? That's technical. It's not impossible. It's not any electrician can learn it, and usually they do. Electricians are gravitating to this business everywhere in the country. Hmm. Are the larger players like, say, Solar World, um, are they helping to promote these smaller in installers and listing them on their websites? Yes, and is they that, are. Is that a good way to find good people? Yeah, they do. I mean, there's, they're like uh, when we when we started my company in Maryland. I'm out of that now, but because I'm in Florida, retired more or less. But uh, we were a premium sun power dealer, and they gave us great rates and great technical support. And you know, we could get panels when other people couldn't get them because there was a shortage. There's always like a shortage for a while and hard to get. Um, so the companies do cooperate with their installers. Yeah, they have networks. It's easy to go on a number of websites. And, you know, with Google, you, you can find a solar company in your backyard. You can find all of them. You just put in solar installer, you know, in my town, right? <laughs> 50 of them will come up and then whatever radius you want. And then you just go to their websites and check them out, you know, and then they'll come to your house or a lot of the, uh, assessment of, of what your solar needs are and what it, what it would cost you with the various incentives and rebates and grants and whatnot, tax credits, that uh, they can do that all uh, now uh, online, right? They can photograph your house from Google uh -huh. and uh, look exactly within. We, we could do it even with before Google Earth. We could do it with another technology we use in Maryland. We could look at somebody's roof and within, you know, we could measure the roof within five inches of space and just tell them exactly how much stuff would fit on their, how much solar would fit on their roof. Mm -hmm. And they'd tell us how much they wanted to spend and how much power they wanted to produce. And a house will generally provide solar. There's usually enough room on a roof to cover about half the power, uh, half our average home's needs. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, how invasive is the process? Has it gotten any better over the years? Obviously so, but... Oh, it's pretty simple, yeah. It took, used to take us a team of six or seven guys to a whole day to put on a solar system, and now, like, two guys can do it in four hours. Really? And it's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, well, one, uh, so this is a new statistic that I just uncovered this day from, actually, uh, Union of Concerned Scientists. I had some updates on what's going on, and... Uh, Last year, we we were told from the Solar Energy Industries Association, SEA.org, which is a good source of information, SEIA.org, um, that a solar home system was being installed in the United States every four minutes. This yeah. year, it's every 2.4 minutes. That's a lot wow. of solar systems. Wow. So clearly, there's a business out there. And uh -huh. the wonderful thing about it for young young people looking for a career is we've only scratched the surface. It's like, uh -huh. if you wanted to make money in cell phones, get into cell phones about 1993, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. When, when McKinsey was saying it wasn't going to take off. Yeah. Go all in. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think it's too late, though, really, with so much... Uh, 
so much hype and energy now and in the ease of installation. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's just nothing but opportunities. And it's opportunities yeah. for entrepreneurs, opportunities for investment, investors, and opportunities for employment. All three. Right. It's all there. Uh, As I say, it's doubling every two years. We're at the Moore's Law level of solar development, solar growth, which, you know, 30 years, it's been doubling every two years. Now, there are not many, not even computers did that. Well, Moore's Law was about computer chips, but we've now, the solar has actually surpassed the growth of computer computing, uh, which is amazing. It's just amazing. So as I say, I'm amazed because I was around this a long time. I was happy if a small solar panel that cost $5 a watt and it was 40 watts on top of a house in you know, India or China would power their, provide all their power needs. That was a nice thing. We did that. My book's all about that in the first part of the book. And then, so I've been at it a long time, never dreamed that it would finally take off and that Americans, middle income, even poor, poorer Americans could put it on their house. And, uh, and, there, and then I didn't know when it would happen that putting it on your house would be the cheapest thing you could do. And, uh, that's what's astonishing today, and it's in many markets because utility rates vary in this country. In some, in many states, it's, they're pretty high, and it's in the Southwest where there's so much sun, and utility rates are not that cheap. Um, this is again at uh, con- uh, solar competes with conventional power now. That to me is a story. Are you seeing uh, more of a surge in, in growth pace in, in a warmer climate or a cooler climate? You know, it doesn't make any difference, frankly. Mm. You make that mm. uh, more cold and warm and nothing to do with it. It's the amount of sun. Of course, you get more sun close to the equator, but you get more clouds, mm. and you get more heat. And solar doesn't always work as well in heat as it does when it's cooler. That's, that's, heat is the enemy of solar photovoltaics, believe it or not. So oh, it averages okay. out. But, you know, one of the biggest solar programs in North America was in Ontario, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the biggest in the world is Germany. Now, Germany, I've been to many, many times. It's not a country I go to to get, you know, a, a suntan, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, how many times have you been in Germany and seen the sunshine? And yet there's enough sun there to, that one year, one day last year, 59% of their energy nationwide. 59% in Germany. One, on one day, it was a very sunny day, and they had enough solar in place that 59% of all the power in the country came from solar photovoltaics. Wow. Because of their pro, and if you fly over Germany in an airplane, you know everything is covered with solar. Everything. It's mm-hmm. just because they did it right. Now we could do that here, but that was a huge political thing that happened in Germany. My book talks about how they did that. Uh, we tried to do it in a few markets here, Gainesville, Florida, for instance, called feed-in tariff. Uh, there's ways it can be done, but we have 550 utilities in America. We have 50 state public utility commissions. And it's hard to get anything done. Some want to do it. Some don't want to do it. It's all different regulations. Um, Germany has two or three big utilities, and they finally beat them down and got them to go along with a program <laughs> that allowed this to happen. And uh, even in Germany now, the utilities are not too happy because they've lost, oh, maybe 30, 20, 30 percent of their business to solar. And who's made money is the electricians and the bankers who've lent the money. And, of course, the homeowners made money, saved money. So uh, that's a that's a not a that's not a sunny climate, and that's really where the solar revolution took off was Germany. Interesting, Neville. It's been great having you on the show today. Who do you want to get a hold of you, and how do they get a hold of you? Well, the book is at www.sunpowerbook.com, and uh, there's you know access to my there's nevillewilliams.com is my own website, uh, and then there's links there there on email links and so on. So uh, 
Who would you like to hear from? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I'm not really consulting anymore. I'm not doing much as I'm building these projects in New Mexico. We're putting together an investment of a 20-megawatt plant in a Central American company country. Um, I guess we hear from investors on if I'm going to play in the business. But other than that, I'm quite happy to hear from uh, universities who want someone to talk to them. Um, and corporations, boards that you know want to be updated and briefed on solar, I can do some of that. But uh, I'm not looking to hear from anybody. I'm just happy that I have a bit of educational material out there in the form of this book, and I hope it's helpful. And it's been great having you on the show today. Thanks very much. Well, Byron, thank you. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Right on, like a sunny day, <laughs> and and lots of. Excitement that you see that other people may not on a sunny day. So. Well, when you when you have solar, every day is a sunny day. You know, <laughs> they say. Very good. Thanks again for being on the show. Until next week, everybody. I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and powered up with with solar. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.